know, you're kind of forced to take a stand. But that old cliche is out the window now. Now it's, I, I say, you know, if, if, if people tell you not to mix business with politics, mix it harder because that's the world we live in right now. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, and today, Tony Vitolo. Am I pronouncing that correct, Tony? Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, Tony Vitolo, proprietor at Jake's Bar and Grill in Harriman, Tennessee, uh, joins me. And Tony has a remarkable story to tell about modern-day discrimination and racism uh, that was publicly perpetrated against his business. Now, you might think if you watch a lot of Hollywood films that this was done by a roving band of white supremacists or neo-Nazis or maybe even, you know, usually they'd like to drag the Third Reich back up and they came down to Harriman and did this. No, this was done by our federal government and the Small Business Administration uh, that are supposed to really help small businesses, but apparently uh, they've gotten into the uh, the racism and the discrimination business here recently. And um, Tony had to take some action and uh, we're going to learn about what that action was and what it might mean for you and your small business and other Tennesseans. And Tony's story is, in my opinion, one of courage, and we need to pay attention to it here in Tennessee. Tony, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Well, so tell our listeners and watchers a little bit about your background and your business. Uh, you're obviously a Democrat. I can tell just by looking... Uh, at the backdrop, <laughs> but tell people yeah, I, a little bit about your background in business. I didn't put that up just for this interview. It's 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 in my office every day, so yeah. But um, no, we um, uh, my business has been around here for uh, the restaurant itself's been here for about eight nine years, and um, I've been the owner for three years. Um, we uh, I moved here from Florida. I'm originally from New York. And uh, my family and I have been here for three years. I got uh, three kids and all girls and, and my wife at home. Very cool. Well, talk about how your business and your personal finances were impacted by Tennessee's arbitrary, and in my opinion, these are my words, capricious restrictions during COVID. Uh, I consult small businesses all over the nation. That's my, my main gig. I do this because I love conservatism. Uh, but... I've watched small businesses be decimated uh, by Tennessee leadership uh, at the hands of our governor and legislature that, that did very little to help us. Meanwhile, large corporations, Lowe's, Home Depot, Amazon, uh, they were you know, basically allowed to operate their business in a very unfettered manner. So talk a little bit about what those, all the changes and the, the press alarmism, uh, what did it do to your small business and what position were you in when you tried to apply for some of these uh, PPP funds that were specifically earmarked for restaurants like yours who had received such poor treatment? Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you, we were borderline running out of funds um, to operate. We were closed for quite a while uh, last year um, during COVID. And um, I agree with you 100%, the, uh, you know, the arbitrary and I think you say capricious uh, acts by the uh, state and closing down you know, and making the rules that they did, it could have been worse. It could have been, you know, you know, like some of the blue states, but um, it's still, I think, even even what did happen was unnecessary. We were we were closed for um, a couple months, and uh, that was during the time when the governor did an executive order for 
um, us to do, uh, what was it, half capacity, I think, or it was, no, it was carry out only at first. It was carry out only. And um, we just didn't have enough business in the area here. We're pretty rural around here um, to support during the week um, carry out. So we ended up opening only on the weekends uh, for carry out. And still my sales took a, a significant hit. So uh, it went on like that for quite a while. And then, um, you know, and then it, we, we faced a whole bunch of new problems uh, come the summertime uh, after, you know, people start going back out to eat and, and uh, the crowds start filling back up. And then lo and behold, nobody has any staff to, to employ anybody to, to serve people. So we, we're facing those problems right now. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. We're open. I got two thirds of my restaurant shut down due to staffing. Um, people that didn't come back after COVID or that I lost uh, during or after it. And uh, just now nobody needs to work because they're getting all this free money. So, so we're, uh, you know, we're pretty short staffed. So. Well, Tony, I'm an old man, so you need to speak up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I can hear you, but, but you're, you're whispering a little bit like Bill Anderson would in an old country song. So, um, and I understand it. To me, it's like the government, there's something going on, right? Uh, and instead of, you know, taking a fly swatter to the fly, they, they take a hammer to the whole table. And once they've completely demolished the table, they start fixing uh, the problem, in which case then they just burn the table. It just gets worse. Yeah. They, yes, the every, every, every time the governor opens his mouth and says he's here to help in Tennessee uh, or the government in general, I'm like, please quit helping. Please quit helping. We don't, we can't, we can't stand any more help. And so your small business uh, applied for this, this funding and talk about what happened and talk about the messages that you received from the small business administration. So I think, um, can you hear me a little better now? Is it better yes, for you? Definitely. I, I think uh, it opened up May 3rd. It was a Monday. I believe it was May 3rd when the, uh, the small business associations restaurant revitalization fund um, first became active and you were able to apply. You could actually register to apply the Friday before that to get ready and get your account set up. So Monday comes, um, it's the first day you're actually able to apply. So I applied within the first few hours of the, uh, of the program being open for this, pretty much this grant money that's coming from the government um, for, to, to help restaurant owners and, and, uh, and other, restaurant, other types of businesses in that industry, you know, like bakeries and things like that. Um, so I applied for it. I got an email immediately from the SBA after I applied telling me that, you know, um, thank you for your application. It's pretty much going to sit on hold for three weeks for 21 days. It's a 21 day grace period that um, quote unquote priority applicants had to get to get their applications processed first. So they weren't even going to look at my application for 21 days until day 22 um, of that, at which time most of the money um, that was that was the biggest fear was that the money was going to run out. I think it, it did. It's, it's gone now. Um, so that was the issue at hand. So when you, when you look at um, who they who they identified, the SBA identified as priority applicants. Um, they identified all women and certain minorities, um, African Americans, Hispanics. There were some minority groups that we'd consider minorities that that didn't even qualify for it there, but it was the main, you know, main certain minorities here in America that, uh, that qualified as priority. So that's the email I got right away after that. So 
we get we can look at this. So the first thing the government does is they take away your livelihood without any type of compensation. Uh, Governor Lee's not coming down there to uh, bail your family out. He's he's a very wealthy man. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think that he has written any personal checks to help out any of the businesses that in many cases he absolutely closed through his draconian, I think, oppression of liberty and freedom. Uh, and, you know, like you said, it could have been worse, which, you know, maybe Tennessee, maybe his governing uh, campaign slogan in 20 and the next time he runs could be, uh, you know, I suck less than Democrats. Uh, and so at any rate, they've done all this to you. And, and then they say, well, here, we're here to help. We're going to help you out. And then they decide, oh, I'm sorry, you were born. Not that you had any choice to be born a male or white, but you were born and you did not get the I was born lottery was not just right. And so we're going to be racist and discriminate against you because you you were one of half of the people on the earth that happened to have a certain chromosome and that you happen to be a European American. So that is that the size of it? That's pretty much it. Yeah. So it was uh, it was, you know, everybody's a lot of people have probably seen Biden's clip about how, you know, we're going to help the minority business owners. We're going to help the women business owners, you know, um, and, and that's where their focus is. It's clearly on equity right now um, and advancing equity, Marxist principles in, in racial justice and, and quote unquote systemic racism and critical race theory and all that. And, and this is just another step in their uh, agenda towards that direction. Everybody knew it before Biden even took office. You know, he just... He, he was just following through with what he said, and that was that was what he was doing during this program. So I'm going to take a quick break and ask you a question. At your restaurant, do you have tasty beverages? Of course, yeah. Very tasty beverages. We're going to send some people over to your restaurant before the program is over. But uh, for those of you who watch and listen to and read the Tennessee Conservative, we can't do it without grassroots support. And if you go to TennesseeConservative.com slash support, and if you give $50 or more, you get this wonderful Proud Tennessee conservative tumbler, and uh, if you put Evan Williams in there, and if you shake it up, and what comes out is single barrel Jack Daniels. It has magical properties, and uh, you could probably use that there to your restaurant to uh, upgrade all all of the uh, well bourbon uh, that you serve if you're allowed to do that. And if you give any amount, you get two Proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers. We'll mail that to you along with the directory of your state senators and state legislators, uh, and you can contact them when you see things coming down the pipe. So you get this, this, this email that says, I'm sorry, we're, we're reverting back to Jim Crow days. We've just picked a new group of people to be racist against because it's in vote and it's popular. Jim Eagle is what Biden said, didn't he? Say that again. Jim Crow, didn't Biden say we're going to make Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle? That's what he said. I forgot what he said. Yeah. He was... And, and so they've, they've decided this new modern day racism that's in vogue, uh, this discrimination. And so you had, how did you, what did you do when you got that email? And then what did you do to take action or to, or to try to, to help your struggling small business that, that would have just been fine if the government had left you alone in the first place? Yeah. You know, my wife is, um, my wife is half Hispanic also. So, and she, obviously she's a woman so that if she was, um, 51% owner on this business, she, we would have qualified, but because we're 50-50 as a marriage, um, you know, we, we still didn't qualify. I basically held her down <laughs> in that with my whiteness, I guess. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, uh, I got the email and um, coincidentally, uh, the week before that, I had heard the story about the uh, farmers in the Midwest who had their COVID uh, 
aid um, denied to them due to being white. They weren't even, I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Um, in the Midwest, there's a group of farmers that, um, I, I guess there's another program that Biden dished out in one of his packages and uh, they're forgiving loans and uh, mortgages and farm equipment loans for farmers, but you have to be a minority farmer. You can't even apply if you're a white farmer. Um, so a group of them sued. Um, and I had heard that story, uh, that's still ending lawsuit currently. I had heard that story on the news. And um, so I reached out to a law firm that represented them, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty up in Wisconsin. And um, I said, you know, hey, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what's going on here with restaurants, but it's pretty similar to your farmer case. And uh, I don't know if you know anything about it. So they reached out to me immediately and um, were very interested in it. And they hadn't heard much about it, but they've been getting some complaints from across the country from other restaurant owners. And and uh, so they had a bunch of questions and, and uh, they took some time to go over the case and to see if there was any issues here, any constitutional violations. And sure enough, there were, and they, they jumped all over it and uh, they took it, you know, and, and we sued them. We sued the uh, SBA, so. So again, this, I should seem a little fired up about this, and sometimes I use some strong language, but to me, I, this whole thing is what got me back into it. I used to be in this. I hibernated for six years. The lockdowns just really shook me uh, to yeah. my core because I, I believe it is it was a moral and ethical failing on the part of our governor and uh, our legislature and, and the government and, and federally and culturally, I think we have failed ourselves by allowing our freedoms and liberties to be taken so easily. Uh, so... Walk through the legal battle. They take your case. What happens? Yeah, they took the case. We filed in uh, federal court in Chattanooga, and um, we went before, I uh, forgot his name. All right, he was the federal magistrate, federal judge in Chattanooga, um, and uh, we basically, he was an Obama-appointed judge, and we basically lost the case there. They were, they were trying to get an uh, immediate injunction on the program um, to stop it nationwide before uh, the money was exhausted so that they can go back and do it right, you know, first come, first serve, or any other factors other than race or sex um, being the, the unconstitutional factors there. So um, we took it before that judge. He uh, issued a ruling in a few days denying the, uh, the motion uh, for the injunction. And um, so after that, we immediately, um, the next day, they already had paperwork prepared and they, and they, uh, they filed uh, an appeal to the Sixth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. I think it's in Cincinnati. I'm not quite sure where exactly they are um, based out of, but, um, and, and we won, we won that appeal. So uh, it was a two to one decision. Uh, it was a Reagan judge and a Trump judge, Judge uh, Thapar. Um, I think he was once considered for the Supreme Court, um, voted in favor of us against an Obama appointed judge um, in that in that court. So. so that just goes to show you how important all of the judicial appointments that were made um, yeah. in the last administration were, because yes. were it not for those people, number one, justice was not delivered in Chattanooga because there was somebody that instead of looking at the law had a political axe to grind. And then if it weren't for that last judge being appointed at this appellate position, then I don't know, it had been 50-50 or you would have lost your case there. Is that correct? Yeah, most likely. I, I've said that same thing over and over again. You know, if, if Trump did anything um, that was, was you know, worth him being there, it was it, the judges alone that he, that he elected um, who were most likely far more conservative than he, than he was, so. Exactly. So what are the next steps here? 
now the appeal has been granted and is the injunction in force? Has is it is it being fought tooth and nail? I assume it is by Biden's lawyers and other people who love racism uh, in our country and want to see it reinstated, but for a different group of people. Um, talk about what the next steps are and where you go from here. So the ruling that came down in, in the appeals court in the Sixth Circuit was um, they essentially ruled it for me in my case alone that my constitutional rights were violated um, based on uh, sex and gender and that um, I was entitled to the uh, funds that, um, that, I, that they told me I would qualify for. Um, and apparently the SBA had set aside a separate account holding those funds in case we did win. Um, that was just news that I had heard. But um, so I, I did get funded and which, with what they told me that they were gonna fund me with. Um, but so the day after, well, a few days after we won, um, the law firm um, added on about five more plaintiffs from around the country, uh, from New York City to California, um, added on to the lawsuit to uh, seek for, you know, um, the uh, funds for them and um, also to, to just keep keeping people aware of what's going on and to try to get a stop to, to this to this program. But at this point, the money's already dished out. They've already sent emails out saying, you know, and that was part of the issue before I was even, before we won, before I was even funded, we got an email from the SBA saying, you know, uh, we, you know we've got applications in that cover three times the amount of money that we already have allocated in this account. So pretty much the funds are gone and they, you know, they were ordered to produce paperwork to that effect uh, to the court to, so that the court can make the decision and, you know, what's going on and how fast this money's going out the door and how much of an emergency it is. So, yeah, so there's no more funds left and I don't even know if the other plaintiffs in the case are getting funded or not. I have no idea. Um, the only thing that I heard was that uh, possibly in, in the next uh, package, one of the next uh, stimulus packages that Biden plans on rolling out, they're going to include more funds for this program because they ran out. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's just something that I had heard. Hmm. So, so essentially it's more of a precedent setting, um, precedent setting uh, case that, you know, for when the next time this happens, which I'm sure it will, the, you know, the Sixth Circuit could say, you know, hey, you know, we ruled on this and you cannot pretty much the ruling was you cannot dish out COVID money with factors of race or sex. You know, if you want to, if you want to dish it out based on who received, you know, PPP loans or, you know, based on your sales or some kind of mathematical calculation that says you're, you're worse off than somebody else, you know, fine. You know, if I didn't qualify for it, then I didn't qualify for it. I'll go to the back of the line, but if you're going to, you're going to dish it out and automatically say for the first 21 days, I can't, I can't, qualify for any funds because I'm white and because I'm male, that's absolutely unconstitutional. Could you imagine if it was reversed? Could you imagine if, if I put a sign on the front of my door that said, you know, I don't serve certain minorities or women here, how fast I'd end up on, a, on the wrong side of a federal lawsuit? It's unbelievable that they're turning around and doing this, this back to us. So, <clears throat> you know, that's my wife asked me after I got that, in, that original email, she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to try and sue the hell out of you know, like it's, I mean, it doesn't get clearer than that kind of violation, you know? Well, and even the thing that often surprises me, uh, Tony, is even if you are a Democrat and for some reason you think, well, there, there, there is systematic racism 
and and we do need to, to help people because of sin, because of things we never did to, to people that are dead, etc. Yeah. That, that's the view you hold. And when you do stuff like this, at some point, um, when a precedent is set that you can discriminate based on race or sex, when will your race or sex be next? I mean, take a look at uh, at, at the history of racism in the United yeah. States, primarily driven by Democrats and leftists. Uh, yeah. It, it, you never know when your turn is going to be. Um, and, and we don't need anybody to be having a turn at, at something that, that God and the scriptures clearly frowns against, uh, against looking at people through the lens of, of sex or ethnicity or, or anything else. And so it's, it's just shameful in the United States of America in 2021 that progressive ideas are, are to go back to communism, socialism, and racism. That's progressive. It, 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 but I've just changed the name to the Regressive Party. Um, mm. So, you know, you and I are both small business owners. We've been very outspoken, I would say, unafraid. You even had, um, before, I think, you, at your establishment, I read an article where you had told folks you weren't going to show uh, a lot of the professional sports teams that were denigrating America, that were kneeling for the flag, that were uh, pushing things that are against traditional American values. And, and you stood up. Let me ask you this very important question. As I have started this publication myself, and as I go across Tennessee, and we got tons of subscribers, I am surprised and amazed at how, I don't hate to use this word in the way I'm going to use it, how cowardly small business owners that are conservative are to express their views and opinions where liberal and leftist small business owners, you know, fly their freak flag as much as they want to. Exactly. And so... What, what in the world is going on, and when will conservative business owners realize that if they don't wake up and get politically engaged, uh, there won't be anything to get engaged with? I'm glad you asked that question. So uh, we live in a time now where it's completely different than 10 years ago. It's different than five years ago. There, you know, I'm sure you've, you've heard and everybody out there has heard the saying, you know, don't mix business with politics, don't mix business with religion and things like that. And that's great. And it was great for a time. The problem now is we've kind of been dragged, kind of been drug into the fight. You know, um, by the major leftist corporations, you know, I, I say, why don't you say that to Starbucks? Why don't you say that to Amazon? Why don't you say that to Walmart? Why don't you say that to all the major corporations that are target that are clearly out there taking these these sides and these stands and, and, and making their politics and their religion, which is, you know, the, the anti-God religion, um, clear to everybody. So they've kind of drawn a line in the sand. And, and, and now we're everybody, you know, you're kind of forced to take a stand. And it, it, that old that old cliche is out the window now. Now it's I, I say you know if, if if people tell you not to mix business with politics, mix it harder because that's the world we live in right now. And you're either gonna you know you're you're either gonna stay silent and be controlled, or you're gonna take a stand and you're not gonna be controlled. And you're gonna you're gonna fight for the liberties and the, and the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the things that many of our ancestors died for to protect they're trying to be undone right now um so i you're right i did that post last summer um after everything was coming out with blm and and uh, marxist stuff um in the sports arenas um in major league baseball and the nba nfl and we're we're primarily a sports bar and i mean i have you know i have 14 televisions and 15 beers on tap and i said you know 
I'm not going to show any of their sports. And I only, I did the post because I wanted my customers primarily to know why we're not, it's not going to be on our television. So when you come here, don't expect it to be on, you know, if you don't want to come, then don't come, but don't expect it to be on, t- on the television. And it kind of went semi-viral, not really viral, but, it all, and I got all sorts of hate from all around the country from particularly leftist, uh, people and organizations from on the West Coast majority, majority. I got a lot of calls from California, Oregon, um, people trying to make fake orders. I got tons of one-star reviews on Google that didn't even make sense and people never even been here. Um, but the crazy thing is from the people in our area, I got nothing but support. Everybody that was local, everybody that I ever saw, everybody that was in person, everybody that was actually off the computer and in, you know, face-to-face, it was all supportive. I, ha- I haven't received any kind of hate whatsoever. It's all from people hiding in their mom's basement on their computer in their in their liberal groups, you know, tagging liberal groups, you know, um, so that other people can see the post and, and sharing it in those groups and, and just tell, hey, go, you know, let's try to cancel them. Do the we'll do the one star reviews. And, I, I, you know, after going through that, the last thing I'm worried about now is being canceled or doxxed. Um, cancel culture doesn't affect me. In fact, I welcome it. So, but uh, yeah, that was the post I did. Well, one of the things that you talked about fighting for freedom and you think it's a, it's a, it's a federal issue. It's not, we've got rhino Republicans in government in Tennessee that are cowardly, that will not stand up for individual liberty and freedom. And we watched that on full display uh, as they hid behind the governor's skirt in the legislature all during the COVID nightmare uh, that they could have stopped with a special session but never did. Now they're allowing illegal immigration to run rampant, but they, they put together a, a study committee, which I'm sure will just, just run out there and really take a lot of concerted action uh, to stop this. Uh, but uh, that's why we're having the Tennessee Freedom Summit on July uh, 10th, and I, I hope you can make it there. It's in McDonald, Tennessee. I think you live in Ottawa, but you travel to Harriman, correct? Yeah, currently I do. Yeah, so... Um... It's, it's about an hour drive each way. So so if you don't have to work your tail off that Saturday because you can't find any staffing, uh, maybe you could come down there and join us. Yeah, I looked into it. I, I, I'm going to try and be there. I'm going to try. I looked into it and uh, was checking the times out. So definitely gonna try. I'd love to be there. But the, well, like if you, you have said, to head out, if you head out well, about this, you you can come as my guest. Just shoot me an email. Uh, I'll, I'll feed you breakfast and lunch. You can come as my guest. Uh, no, no payment. No payment required. And if you're out there watching this, uh, and you are a subscriber to the Tennessee uh, Conservative, and you go to Harriman, Tennessee, I want you to stop by Jake's Bar and Grill in Harriman. Uh, I want you to go, if you can, to find them on Google and give them a five-star review and talk about how awesome they are. And I would also like you to tip the waitresses and the bartenders there and let them know that you appreciate uh, conservative businesses that stand up against a lot of this. Uh, if there's anything that you want to leave us with, in particular, uh, on the topic of finding courage as a conservative, what would you say? Like you you mentioned in uh, your last uh, segment there when you were speaking, um, it's it's going to have to start locally. Um, it's it can't start at a federal level. It can't start at a, at a large state level. It has to start local. You know your county commissions, your school boards, things like that. So especially in the schools today, um, I got I've got two of my kids in the public schools. Um, with the introduction of critical race theory and, and, and things like that trickling in, even in, in uh, Tennessee and in, in, in Hamilton County there. Um, 
that's where we have to start. We have to start locally. We have to get like-minded folks in office in those positions and just, you know, stand up against and rid out that cancer that's, that's trickling its way through, through our, uh, through our system. And people can't be scared and people can't be afraid to speak out, you know, don't be afraid to cancel culture. Don't be afraid of being doxxed. I know it's easy for me. I have a, you know, I have a, I'm, I'm self-employed. I have my own business. I'm my own boss. So I'm not going to get fired, obviously. My, my sales might get affected in some ways, but um, I'm not going to lose my job for the most part. And there's some folks out there that work for the government or teachers or other professions who can't speak out because they, they'd be afraid to lose their jobs. And that's understandable. But like I said earlier, there has been a line drawn in the sand and we're in a day and an age now where people have to stand up and take sides. And, and that, that side is going to become very important in the future. So I could, up not, and stand. I, I could not have said it better myself. And I wish, I wish small business owners out there had a third of your courage. And if, if they did, none of this nonsense would have got started in the first Thanks. place. Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate you for coming on the program today. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, guys, if you do not subscribe, have not subscribed at the Tennessee Conservative uh, to get our e-newsletter or to get our text alerts, if you would go there, uh, you can go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Uh, we'll send you everything you need right in your e-box, email box, so that you can keep up with stories like Tony's uh, and also uh, via text just in case, just in case we are ever censored. Uh, by social media companies, not that they would ever do that, not that that would ever happen in uh, the freest uh, country in the history of the world, but it might. Uh, Brandon Lewis here with Tennessee Conservative News. I'll talk to you next time.